When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Hello everybody and uh, very welcome back to the Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. Uh, we're back around the table, we haven't done one for almost two weeks I think now, um, but we're back with a vengeance. We haven't been on one with the training, we've been <laughs> freezing our so-and-so's <laughs> off on Merseyside. Uh, it's me, Phil Kirkbride, the Everton reporter, alongside me today, uh, a back three of Chris Beasley, Tony Scott and Gavin Buckland. Um, so... Don't mention back three. <laughs> We're sure to concede, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. Uh, on the agenda, as I say, Dubai. We'll talk about that. Obviously, we weren't there, yeah. but we uh, we could discuss the merits or lack of them of warm weather training. Uh, we'll look ahead to Watford and the obvious subplot and the lead character in that subplot being Marco Silva, um, Gerard De La Feu, of course. Yeah. Uh, and also, it would be remiss of us not to discuss Yesterday's uh, Football Association investigation findings into the Mason Holgate and Roberto Firmino incident, so we will touch on that later. Um, but we'll start, because it hasn't been a game, because Everton are useless in the FA Cup and never get past the fourth round anymore, so they went to Dubai. Um, so just before we came in, you were eager to make a point about <laughs> warm weather training camp, so the, uh, the floor is yours. I've got a very strong opinion on one weather training and it's not just Everton I'm talking about here I'm talking about football clubs in general I don't know why you need to pursue the heights of going to Dubai or all these lovely destinations to go to train why can't you do it at Finch Farm why can't you do it at Melbourne or Kirby whatever it is what do you get out of it oh yeah it's great it's a bit of sun on your back but I just look at it and think yeah could team bonding and all this what's it in aid of if anything you are being rewarded for being knocked out the FA Cup now I look at the teams that were left in that FA Cup last weekend and you've got Swansea playing Sheffield Wednesday, Southampton playing West Bromwich Albion thing. Hang on, my football team are having the sun on the backs in nightclubs in Dubai while they should be playing in the FA Cup. Now that for me doesn't sit right with me. And I'm not just picking on Everton in general, I just think it's maybe it's just this this day and age, the way Premier League football that's how they want to go about the business and training, but I just think why have you got to go all around the world to just have a bit of sun on your back while you're training? Gav, I'm going to pass this on to you. Um, devil's Advocate, you, if you're training at Finch Farm, everybody comes in at 10 o'clock, everybody goes home at 1, you don't yeah. see each other again until the morning. If you're away from home, you're abroad, you have to be together, is that not the purpose? Um, well, there's two purposes, I suppose. There's that purpose and also a change, change of scenery, isn't it? Things can get a bit, bit stale, can't they, if you're uh, in the same place of work every day of the week and now, like you sort of play away from home and all that. And I think... I think anybody's worked in any office or factory, whatever. Like if you go away on a training course for a few days or something like that, it can it can sort of like um, liven things up a little bit, you know, feel better for it, you know. And, that, and that's 
and that's the case. Um, you know, it's just a break, and I, and, I, and I think in this in this day and age when people say about football squads that they're not as together as what they used to be, when it was all English, you all went down the pub together, and all this, <laughs> like you know, I think anything that um, you know that aids bonding, not necessarily like driving a cab around Barcelona, man, but you know, whatever, whatever it was, is I, I, I agree, I agree with that. Having said all that, uh, I do think Tony has a point in the presentational thing that if. Bear in mind, not just like being that of the FA Cup, but actually having had a really poor season. Yeah. When you see some of the stuff that and you think, I'm not sure about that. Uh, not, so it's it. I agree with it, but with reservations that are around the presentational side. Um, you seen them? Sorry, have you seen them? You see them with golf clubs in their hands and in nightclubs, and I'm going, what's going on here? Would we feel better if they went to some? Former Eastern Bloc country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I, if I, not being funny, this is a team that's well, a club that spent over two hundred million on all yeah. these players. If anything, they should be back at Finch Farm, practicing, 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 practicing. Not going to Dubai to improve their handicap on golf. Mm. That's it just just doesn't sit right with me at all. The I, I get the, the bonds, and but I'm not being funny. Half of this squad isn't going to be there in the summer anyway, by the looks of it. And you're thinking about team yeah. bonds and sessions. You're looking at your classes of the world all on this. And, oh, it doesn't sit right with me. The, the, um, as Tony says, Chris yeah. uh, quite passionately believes that the, it's, it's seen as a reward, a, re, a reward that the, the players and squad don't deserve. Mm. So therefore, they have to repay. People would say have to repay the fans by producing results between now and the end of the season. Does that add extra pressure that a team who have shown themselves have fragile levels of confidence don't need or is this the kind of carrot and stick yeah. that they have to they have to get on with I think it's so much part of, of whether we like it or not or what we think about the actual warm of the training and what it means it's so much part of the Premier League calendar now I don't think it adds any extra pressure I mean we did a piece last week and we sort of looked at what had happened to Everton in previous seasons when they've been on these trips and they've not really moved one. They maybe moved one position, two positions overall after the trip, and there didn't seem to be any sort of um, change in the general pattern of results. Um, I think it's it's a debate in itself, like we've just discussed the warm weather train. But I don't think it actually adds any extra pressure on them. Um, I, I think that it's just the club will claim that it's an opportunity to have those prolonged sessions that you can't have at this time of year out certainly outdoors um, and will help it, it, it's not a jolly like we said where, um, what was alluded to by Gaff if there's trouble like what happened with West Brom in Barcelona it can still have a, an, an adverse effect but as long as the players be, behave themselves I don't think it, it ratchets anything else or extra in particular Well we believe they stay clear of the taxi rank anyway yeah. in Dubai <laughs> um, just, just one last point on this though are these warm weather training camps, taking into account everything Tony said and and everything the discussion so far, are they the most benefit to the injured players? Well, it's good for injuries and, and stuff. And, and, and all that and, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. And Sam, very yeah. uh, in, in a piece that we did at the weekend, said that actually the sea, the Persian Gulf, was the biggest yeah. healer for recovery from yeah. sessions and what have you. So are they the people that really these are designed for? Um well, it's one of the benefits. There's probably other people who's been designed for, you know. Golfers. Yeah, yeah. Certainly some of the fashion sense needs to be knocked out of some of the players, shall we say. No, I think, I, I, I agree, you know, go back to what I say, I agree with, like, why you would want to have a, a break, you know, just to break things up. But I also agree with Tony's point that, like, you know, presentation, it does not great. 
you know, and though you say like, oh, it hasn't changed, or form hasn't changed, yeah, I mean, could that be actually, it might have dropped off if he'd not got, yeah. like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so, if you don't know, do you? Um, I, I think, I do agree with the, the, the bonding process and whatever you would call it these days. Just a quick one, mm. final one. No, Everton don't get results of the Hiddridge Road. That was going to be my next What's question. What's the first thing fans are going to say? Boo. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> and then stuff that I can't repeat on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, and yeah. well within the right to say what well, has been going on over the last yeah. ten days in Dubai. Yeah, for you yeah. to go to well, justify what that, you've been doing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was sort of, sort of saying to Chris. That's the yeah. that's the gamble, isn't it? I suppose because if if they go and turn in a typical Everton away performance because it's become typical yeah, yeah, now, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, yeah. uh, and get turned over. Then everybody was well within their rights to go. What the heck were you doing over there? Yeah. Yeah. You should have stayed at home, saved a load of dough, and not rubbed it in our faces, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. The difference last year was that they came off the um, warm of a training to Sunderland at home, which was perhaps uh, yeah. an easier one to go into. And yeah. David Moyes' sides had never even scored a goal against Everton. Yeah. Never mind, uh, yeah. picked up a victory. Sunderland was struggling. I think it was actually Jordan Pickford's first game back in for Sunderland. Well, and he, he didn't play well at all. No, no, no he, he didn't, did he? Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so they perhaps they looked at the fixtures and it wasn't so bad last year. But yeah, a much more tricky fixture it would seem this time round. So um, first time out. Do you think, Phil, just mm. a final one on this, do you think that trip to Dubai is being planned immediately after they were knocked out the FA Cup? Oh, yeah. Or do you reckon think it was before any time? No, I think I think as soon as um, as soon as he got knocked out, he probably looked at yeah. the fixtures and, and knew there was a gap. The reason I said that, because I look at West Brom, they went to Barcelona, didn't they? Yeah. And I, I not, don't know when they booked it, obviously, but obviously they didn't think on winning at Anfield. They beat... Liverpool knocked them out and yeah. actually they found themselves in the next round but they've already booked that warm weather training mm. camp in Barcelona in between and it's had a hindrance so that's the reason why mm. I did say that whether obviously as soon as Everton were knocked out the FA Cup against Liverpool yeah. the fans will say they've been rewarded by being knocked out the FA Cup by yeah. Liverpool yeah. and now they've gone to Dubai well, but as I said it adds pressure to Saturday well, yeah, the onus is very much on them and before we get on to Silver and and the statement and Everton's pursuit of, of of Marco Silver. Let's just get a feeling of what we think Watford are going to be like at the weekend going into this game. We all know what Everton like and we all know what they're like away from home. But what about Watford? What's our feeling from a distance about Watford? It's a bit of a mixed bag, isn't it? I certainly, with Delafeo coming in, they um, got a great result against the champions, Chelsea. It was yeah. emphatic, but then last time out, got um, turned over by um, West Ham United. So, um, but we don't know what you're going to get with Jerry. You don't know what you're going to get with Watford. It's Jekyll and Hyde, really. Yeah, yeah I, t- I totally agree with Chris there. You, you're looking at this one, you're thinking, even though I'll, I'll be looking at it from a bookie's perspective, and you'd be looking at it going, you could just flick a coin easily, and whichever way it lands, that that's the way it's going because. I, I I wouldn't like to stay to claim on which team are winning this. You just wouldn't know what you're getting with either Everton or Liverpool. Yeah, sorry, Everton or Watford. Watford at home are normally strong, aren't they? They, they, don't, they beat Chelsea a couple of weeks ago, didn't yeah. they? Get them an hiding. So expect them to be up for it. It's an early... It's a late, late kick-off kick as well. Yeah. Saturday night there, they'll be looking forward to it. Everton's away record as well. What's his there for all to see? I don't know. I think... Do you know what, deep down... I, I was speaking to a um, fan this morning and he said, he said, I've never seen as many Evertonians faces on the floor at the moment just wanting the season to end like I said well, he said it's just 
it, all the away matches were going to, even the moods at home, he said, and obviously what Liverpool are doing so well as well, it's not helping. Mm. So I've never seen so many Everton fans just, just wanting to get their heads down, get the season over with and start again in the summer. Mm. I think that's the general perception I'm getting from Everton fans alone in the city. Mm. And there's obviously, that, that was, there was that feeling in Martinez's final few months, but there was still that flickering hope of an FA Cup. Yeah, yeah there's not there's no carrot well, dangling this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the bottom would say about every time I see Everton five thirty, have to kick off. That's <laughs> just cold shiver down away spine. from home. I just yeah. think, yeah, Arsenal, yeah. Tottenham, yeah, Chelsea last year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You just think, uh, uh, I, I, I agree, the lads. I mean, they've actually had poor form. I know. Oh, not really going back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think um, I know what you're saying. Um, bit in and out. Is there a play? Is there a play in the Watford team you would? You would take and put in the yeah, Everton team, Decore. Yeah. right? Okay, interesting. All day long, right? Yeah. Can you? I did. I did. I did for us. I like the way he gets around the pitch. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've got a player like that who can get around the pitch. And I, well, we have, but not sort of like a sort of box to box type player. I'd have him in. Who's the left back? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he'd be. He'd, in fact, if you would, if you to say players in the Premier League that you think would have, you know. Yeah, the players yeah, yeah. you'd want to be, yeah, you'd love to buy and pay for it, but odd players that are in it around, and I'm not sure what fee would it would command. He'd be like right near the top of a player I'd, uh, I'd, I'd have at Everton. Forgive my ignorance of Watford's recruitment. Was he a silver signing, or was he already at the football club? Do we know that? Don't I'm know. not sure. You don't feel. Okay, we'll check that one out. Um, anyway, listen. Just want a couple, well, very basic stats. Want to put them to you. So ahead of Everton's game against Watford until November the fifth, Everton were nineteenth with 11 points Watford were ninth with 15 points going into the weekend Everton are ninth with 34 points Watford are 11th with 30 points does that back up Watford's claim and Watford's protests and their um, argument that Everton's approach for Marco Silva derailed their season the for four. me 100% yes I think the wheels just totally fell off Watford soon as Everton well, it's out there in the open, isn't it? Everton, obviously, he wanted to come to Everton. Everton wanted him. He was too, too claims for that. And I just feel as if the minute the players found out about this, and there was rumours as well that Silva was taking one or two, he's just been speaking about then, yeah. one or two players from Watford to Everton as well. Obviously, there were just rumours too. But I just feel as if you've got that environment, if you're playing for the football team, and it's out there, it's well known that the manager doesn't want to be there. He wants to go to Everton. And one or two of the players are then joining group as well. I just feel as if the players have gone. Well, do you know what? That's your lot here. I know it's. I know we we say don't we quite a lot on this podcast. But players should be professional and should give it give it all. But I feel as if you know, if the team aren't working together and one or two players' heads have gone and the manager as well. If that manager's heads turned and the the players know fully quite well. He doesn't want to be there. He wants to be at Everton. Obviously, form dropped dramatically, and it's only evident that he was sacked in the end. Bees. Um, was it not on the flip side a cheap shot from Watford to although not name ever in their yeah. in their statement it was very clear yeah um, and and so much at Watford will hire and fire him with um, prolific um, effects haven't they and that was the thing in, in recent years they they seem to change the manager every season so 
on the one hand, you could say, well, it's a bit strange Everton going in for a manager who'd only been there five minutes, less than half a season. Was that bad form going in for somebody so early? But then on the flip side, if there's just no job security at Watford, mm-hmm. if that's the way they treat their, their managers, um, I mean, they, it seems a bit rich almost for them to, in some ways, um, call Everton out in that respect, given that the way they have treated managers. If it had been another club, maybe fair enough, but just the way that Watford have operated, perhaps so. Do you think Everton, did Watford have got a point? Yeah, I, I just I just thought it was bad form from Everton to come in from. I mean, it's, it's, what you say all's fair in love and war and, and the Premier yeah. League, but it just didn't sit, sit right for me to go in for a manager who had had less than half a season. He'd only just come at the start yeah. of the season. It seemed a bit naughty. I yeah, guess. yeah. yeah. The other thing I'd say about it, what does, does what does this tell us about Marco Silva and his personality and his you know to coin a phrase of a former Liverpool manager character. Mm-hmm. What does that say if if mm-hmm. if the form tailed off that after the approach maybe lost focus? What does that say of somebody who could potentially still be a future future Everton coach? Mm-hmm. I mean, what does that? I mean, look, we we we're obviously not privy to the you know yeah. working to the Watford dressing room, so there's all sorts of accusations flying around. So it's whether he lost focus or players lost focus, mm. slash players lost. Faith in him, you know. Yeah. I mean, he he, I believe, has has denied that he lost focus and has, has maintained that he was. As, I would say committed, but he was as, once Watford had made their stance clear. You know, led to believe he he he, he sort of denies the accusation that he he wasn't on board anymore. Um, but I guess the issue is, had he lost the authority because, yeah, he yeah. he had you know he hadn't said so, but obviously we know that he wanted to to talk mm, to us. If, if he wants out or whatever your phrase, it, it's bound to backfire against you if you if you're still there. It's just and it was, it was interesting to see a couple of weeks ago when Conte was under pressure, his name was mentioned as a potential yeah, Chelsea, yeah. you know, interim boss between now and the end of the season. So he's obviously enormous, you know, enormous, not maybe enormously, but he's obviously well regarded within the game by people mm. in the big clubs. So. Um, I'd still see he'd be an option for us in the future. It's just, it's just. Uh, I think it's two and fourteen. I think Watford the one, isn't it? The mm. Premier League. I think it, he won one game. Do you think, just again in terms of balance, do you think that the whole managerial saga with Silva gave too many Watford players an easy get out when things weren't going right? Well, that, that's that's a, a good point to look at it. I think someone told me eight years ago that he said never give players the excuse to underperform. They'll look for any excuse if the if the team are getting beaten. That's a prime example. They will seek for argument's sake. They've been beaten fair and square. Then they'll look for that excuse. The manager's not on board. Week later, manager wants to go to Everton. I wouldn't surprise me if any of them Watford players has gone into the Watford board and said, "Well, we're getting beat because the manager doesn't want to be here." Just as his head turns, he wants to join Everton. Two bids have came in. So what are you going to do about it? Wouldn't surprise me that in the slightest one bit. Mm. Chris and Gav has, has touched on it. Um, mm. At the time of the approach, Marco Silva's stock was rising. Yeah. Watford were exceeding expectations. Yeah. He'd had a largely positive, in inverted commas, yeah. half a season at Hull, albeit couldn't say it in relegation. Fast forward three, three and a half, four months. At the end of the season, if, if the club decided they wanted to make a change in the dugout, would you still go for Silva? I think there's more questions than answers with Silva. He, he, like Gav has mentioned, he's, he is highly regarded within the game. There's a lot of potential there. He's done well in, 
in Greek football, albeit that is Greek football, where Kevin Morales did well as well at Olympiacos. Don't um, mention his name. <laughs> no podcast will go by without Kevin Morales. <laughs> but yeah, like we say, uh, there's something there, but uh, like it's, it's made a decent fist at Hull, but ultimately couldn't save them. Great start at Watford, and then it was actually uh, the, 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 uh, the wheels started to come off, actually. Before the approach, it was, the, it was the game at Everton. It was the yeah. game when they, they threw it away. Um, Tom Cleverley to blame. 2 0 yeah, up. Yeah, two yeah, nil yeah. up. Um, Everton's um, first w- Premier League win at Goodison from being 2 0 down to win 3 2 since Wimbledon, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you could actually argue that they, the slide started there. So, yeah, he is a manager who perhaps offers a lot, but is he, is he, it would be a gamble. There are a lot of question marks, I think, still. But Gavi plays. Attack-minded football. He gets a squad of young players together. He's whatever it needs, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I'd have I'd start Silver tomorrow as a manager. You know, and with no disrespect to Sam, if in the hypothetical situation that we were looking for a manager over the next twelve months, and he was available. I'd have Silver as a manager. What do you what What have you liked then about about? I mean, I just I was very broad then when I said yeah. attack-minded young players. Is that is that what appeals uh, to you? Yeah, I like like the. I liked them. I liked the play. I mean, like whole last season when I had them playing, especially at home. And I like Watford this season, but we bought a couple. We bought got Rick Carlson and then the mm. players like That's that. Yeah, players. yeah. And uh, you know, we setting aside, setting aside. Like I know what you're saying, Chris, about doubts, and like, I yeah. don't want to add them. I'm com- this is all hypothetical. It's not like saying I want Sam Sack now and silver brought in but if in a, yeah, in, yeah. if he was available I'd, I'd have him as I'd still have him as manager I think if you trust the majority of Everton fans you would have in charge tomorrow silver or holidays again you've you got yeah, a large that, number that, of Everton that, silver slightly different question but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put this to you Tom yeah. man who likes numbers silver has managed 42 Premier League games mm. won 13 Forget Are we it. stepping into a Roberto Martinez thing again, hypothetically, of course? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I take that point on board, but he took over a whole team yeah. that were gone. They were talks when they went feeling left, they yeah, were yeah. gone. Christmas time, gave them a fighting chance when... They, and they beat some big teams as well, mm. by the way. Beat Liverpool with Niassi scoring the winner, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. He, they beat some really good teams there. Played Robertson, who's also at, at Liverpool at the moment. Started playing these young lads and they, they play an expansive football. Holy looked a really good team. Should he beat Everton that season as well? Oh, Everton no. got a bad result. No, we beat, beat, beat. Away? No, we hammered the good as 4 0, but he was tight. tight. It was 1 0 for Away from home. Was it 2 2? 2 2. Last minute yeah. was a bad was, um, yeah. That was before Marco, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, so Everton found it. What I'm trying to say is that he beat some really good teams. And what he did at Watford, took over them in the summer, bought a load of players, and had them flying, as we just said, the start of the season, right up there for the top six places. And obviously the wheels fell off. I'd have them at a heartbeat tomorrow, definitely. Lurking in the background of this strange <laughs> thing where a manager has a job and, it's, and the vacancy isn't there, yet yeah. people want to fill it, is uh, Paolo Fonseca at Shakhtar Donetsk. Has a really yeah. interesting kind of profile. What does anybody? What's that feeling about Fonseca and, and, and his suitability potentially? Uh, you know, yeah, okay. Hypothetically speaking, mm. yeah, I think. But what, but what the point of that is stepping into the unknown? Where yeah. is in silver? You know what you're getting. Yeah. You're getting a man that knows the Premier League, knows to, how to blood young players in the Premier League, plays expansive football, knows the opposition. As you said, you, you, you know what you're getting with him. Yeah. It's that type of character. Where is in Fonseca? I'll be honest, haven't got a clue. No. They've got Champions League. You know, they got come out of a, quite a tough group, didn't they, mm. in the Champions League? Um, they're still, as we speak, 
within the possibility of getting into the, the last stage. Yeah, yeah, one last night. We'll yeah, be Roma. Be Roma two one. So you know, setting aside your English, you know, the English experience, he's done. You know, probably got a little bit more maybe achievements in European football. Mm. Um, he'd be another one, uh, but I, I suspect there may be other clubs involved with Fonseca during yes. the, uh, yeah. the summer. It won't be just limited to to. Uh, no, interesting. We just go round the table with this one. Who do you think if the players were all sat in the room Oof. and the two names come to the balls and said? You just get the majority of the votes. You would. I don't, difficult, but it's, it's a tough a, one. Yeah, because you probably. Be, I mean, I'm purely guessing here. You would probably get maybe defenders and your experienced heads going. Sam knows the league. You get your younger players who maybe mm. a bit more attack minded who go. Mm, Silver would be good for me. Yeah. Nias would be an interesting one. Well, he's he's great great no, it's an interesting yeah. one. It's not just it'd be interesting to get players' perspectives yeah. on it, and I, yeah. I, 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 I think the majority yeah. go with all. Go on, Chris. So I was just saying, so we're saying all this a bit um, unfair, perhaps to, to no. Sam, who yeah, has got another year. Yeah, and the point I did, well, and you're right, Chris. But I think this, the fact that it's a legitimate discussion, and obviously not only in the context of Saturday and it all being sort of dredged up again as it inevitably will do and, and is right Sam's tenure and the length of his it's stay at Goodison is far from certain mm. you know he has said publicly and openly a couple of times and I've asked him this you know and he said that his length of his stay at Everton it would depend yeah. on results and performances now if the results have been terrific and performances has matched mm. I think this conversation quietens down doesn't it yeah of course mm. but unfortunately for him They've been on a bad run. Yeah, good yeah. win at Palace, etc., etc. Yeah. But he's not stupid enough well, to think that it's it's far from cut and dry. And hence yeah. the uh, hence the discussion. Well, what was he brought in for? For one reason. What mm. was it for? Yeah, to keep us in the league. That's yeah. it. He knows and he's not stupid. Yeah. He's been on the block. And this is Sam's opportunity now in the final eleven games to show he's more than that, isn't uh, it? Yeah, of course. No. I want to be made with a good point. He said, "Do you know what?" He said, "If you look at it, ignore the, the type of football you're watching. Ignore the comments in the media, etc." He said, "If you look at it." A man took over a team that was on the cusp of relegation and there's quite visibly because ends up in exactly the same place mm, as yeah. where they finished last season and in Europe again. Yeah. Now well, Alazice could easily go into Moshiri at the end of the season and go, have a look at that on my C V, your team are going down. I've just put them exactly where Ronald Keeman got them last season. Yeah. Have a bit of that. What are you gonna do about it? And if you look from the outside looking yeah. in, that's 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 well, the way you're looking at it. That's gone, quite Chris. such a strange, strange season, like we said, yeah. Evertonians long faces can't wait to get the season over yeah. but potentially could finish seventh oh. again oh. for all that's gone yeah. wrong we Gap said up. we had we said that when Sam was appointed what happens mm. if he finishes where Ronald did last season what do the board do Gav what's the answer uh, well I think the couple of things there isn't it to qualify that is the first thing I'd say is um, if we finish seventh that's testimony to the abject nature of the, the, the 14 the club outside 14 clubs outside <laughs> of the yeah. top six yeah. Yeah. first thing I'd say is the second thing is in the, I think we need to con- in the context of uh, Farhad's three year plan or whatever he used mm. to call it what he was saying is that we wanted um, you know I can't remember the exact what you know Europa League challenging for yeah. the top six yeah, yeah. challenging for you know top four mm. over the three year, which is very ambitious at the time yeah. so we would be, you know, in terms of the second season, regardless of how compared to last year, we would be con- considerably underneath that yes. um, that three-year plan with a hell of a lot of work to do. I personally wouldn't 
those sevens, it would be a bit of a mirage, wouldn't it? It'd be one of the things you yes. look in years to come and think, oh, that's oh, all and, I want to put. And a determining factor would be if you lift up the bonnet and go, well, actually, how many points are we off sixth? Yeah, yeah. Are we closer mm-hmm. or further yeah. away to determine yeah. the level? Well, it could be fifth, couldn't it? Because Arsenal might tail off, might yeah. yeah. like, yes. Just a final point on this. On the, in the summer, what I'd like to see happen is that, and obviously over the last 18 months, two years, it's been a nightmare for managers. I mean, we've seen Martin, in the Moshe era, Martinez has gone, Koeman, Unsworth, Allardyce. What I'd like to see, and it pains me to say it, a manager come in with the structure of a two or three year plan. I know you don't get in the Premier League these days, but what Klopp has done at Liverpool is there. He's, they identify a player for him, the way his philosophy is, the way they are. So I want a Silva or a Fonseca to come in and go, bang, right, I'm Oshida to get on board and say, what type of players do you want to suit the way you want to play? And this is what's happened for the next two to three years. That's Everton's structure. That's Everton's plan. And if we go on a nine game... Lose and run, so what? This is the way it's different. And until you get to March, when obviously you can be too happy then, if you get if you got relegated, then you're fine. Not get to October, not get to like September, December town, fire bullets. This is the structure Everton are gonna play. These are the players and that's the way I want to see Everton play football. That's a bit link with that then. If you wait to March, why did we the that, that, that was my argument. I've always said that from day one. I've been, I've yeah. Everton fired the bullet too early on Cumin. I would, I'd agree. Sorry, Chris, I'd, I'd mm. agree, and I think that that's important now that Everton have a defined structure from top to bottom, yeah. and it's a defined way of playing, etc., etc. It takes a very, very steady hand of an owner of a football club, relatively inexperienced like Farhad is still, yeah, obviously yeah. with the backing of somebody like. Bill in the background and all the sort of support network around him. If Everton went on a nine-game losing streak, that you know, that that takes yeah. a lot of patience. And, yeah. and, and ultimately, Farhad clearly got concerned, didn't he? Oh, and this is one because yeah. the stadium, and everything else, he got concerned. Of. Obviously, he didn't want to see Everton in championship. So what I'm saying is, say, say, say hypothetically again, Silver comes in, new director of football, gets the players that he wants them to. We're all yeah, yeah, on yeah. message. So so for a couple of weeks, bang, nine lose nine games on the spin. Are we not back in the same situation? And what I'm saying is, does Farhad hold his nerve at that point? You've got to. We, we, we hit October and his panic buttons yeah. getting hit. October, mm. what three months into the season? Nine league games Evan have played, and the bullet was in straight away. And yeah, Cumin has had the previous year. I'm not just saying that in general. By the way, Cumin didn't lose nine on the spin. Mm-hmm. What yeah, I'm trying to yeah, say yeah, is that yeah, Everton yeah. went on a bit of a poor run. Yeah, I get yeah. that, but I think you've just Everton have got to get a structure in place now where they just can't chop and change managers. And I said it at the time, minute, the minute Cumin was sacked, I don't want Everton to be seen as a Leicester, as a Watford, just swapping managers left, right, and centre. That's not the Everton I know. I've grew up with obviously. David Moyes been there for 13 years you know, that, that's the Everton I know stability and I just think Everton just needs to get a brand new structure in place where the manager director of football and this is the type of players that we want to play the way we want to see Chris did you want to add to that I, well, I was saying to be fair, the, the, the attempted to do that on the Koeman when Koeman had, had finished it was more or less Koeman's team wasn't it he was only there for a year but there was hardly any Martinez signings in the team he had a few left over from Moyes the senior pros mm. but most of Martinez players have been um, cast aside by Koeman he, it's not like he'd had a chance to build his own team so all I'd say is he did that with Koeman 
and it didn't work. Maybe they pressed the button too too soon, but they panic. Yeah, but, but don't forget Walsh had his yeah. input in the yeah. signs as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's the argument mm. of whether it was Walsh or Keeman that was yeah. making the signs. But what I feel is just I just think there's a new structure that's got to come into place in the summit. Really. Yeah. And that's what fans that I'm speaking to all the time at yeah. the match and they're telling me something needs to give in the yeah. summit. We want to see a brand new Everton the way your top clubs at the top that's the way they do their business and that's what Everton have got to do Gav can you sense that it could be that that it could be we, we, we speak regularly certainly in the media about overhauls squad overhauls could this actually be one from top to bottom that could be unrivaled in, in, oh. in recent memory that's a good question um, well yeah, I think. Well, I think we need the squad overhaul mm. for the start. Yeah. You know, and you'd argue that you know we've still got some players in the squad who you know go back back to the Moyes days, haven't we? You yeah. know, I mean, never mind Martinez, the Moyes yeah. days who are still knocking around the parish. Uh, yeah, I think I, I still it, it's it's that layer of chairman. Farhad, director of football manager, you know, it's the governance around that. It, it worries me sometimes when they're like, you know, how me and Steve pick the, play, the players and yeah. stuff. Well, hang on, somebody has to be yeah. accountable yes. for this, you know yeah. what I mean? That's the first thing. It's that blurring of lines between yeah. all them roles in the club and like what their roles and responsibilities. I think that needs to be looked at, uh, especially because I just don't think. Um, We've got it right at the moment. Having said that, you, you, what you're saying there, Tom, about looking at comparing us to top clubs, Man United have been like 20, 30 years of having that. Like you know, Arsenal the same. You know, I've, you know, been really successful on that model. We've had two. Mm. You know, not even two yeah, really. Like, we've had eighteen months, haven't we? So trial and error. Still, yeah, but, but that, but that, but the problem is in football, trial and error in the modern era can be a very expensive yeah, well, business, can't it? What well, I'm trying to say, Gav, is that when I look at when Liverpool buy a player. When Tottenham buy a player, when City buy a player, you automatically look at that player and know he's going to fit at that football club. You know straight away he's going to Way fit the good. style of play, yeah. where he's going to be playing. When Everton sign a player, you go, where's yeah. he going to be playing? Yeah. You look straight away, there's no yeah. structure, there's no philosophy. And that's what I think Everton desperately crave for in the summer. Desperately. Yeah. Interesting, really, really interesting stuff so far. The final segment of uh, this week's podcast is the... Um, the FA last night um, released the findings of the investigation into the uh, alleged racism between uh, Firmino and Mason Holgate from the FA Cup game in January. Um, look, we won't. We're not going to speculate about what was said, yeah. what might have been said. All of that that's, that's done now. And the FA made a statement: no charge for Firmino, no wrongdoing, uh, and they said that Holgate had acted in in good faith. That he had felt he'd been he'd heard mm. something. Anyway, what I want to get to the nub of is how do we feel that the FA handled this? It took 46 days for them to come back with this. Were they right to take their time? This is a significantly long length of time in comparison to other investigations usually. Or was the vacuum that was created because it took so long part of the issue in people attributing blame fairly unfairly, rightly or wrongly, to the two players on either side? Has that created an issue? Uh, I think the FA handled it perfectly. Okay. I think uh, they get to stick lots of things. Mm. I mean, I give the FA stick about loads of things from whatever, you know, playing at Wembley all the time to, mm. you know, the way they, they sort of like bow down to the top players and all that. But I think the FA played this one perfectly from start to finish. It's a very sensitive issue, mm. as we know. That is 
heightened significantly by the fact that it was Everton versus Liverpool yeah. game mm. at Anfield. You know that doubles that. Um, you know that that sort of intensity, whatever you call it. Um, I think they were perfectly entitled to take as long as they saw possible. Um, you know, bear in mind the FA have got a lot of other things on the agenda. They yeah. don't just hang around waiting for people to come in and you know yeah. make accusations and then say but you cleared that. They've got a lot, of, a lot of things going on in the FA at the moment. They say some things as we, we've seen recently a bit more, maybe even more important than that. So I think um, I think they handled it perfectly. I think the 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 report that they gave um, maybe the words about. A couple of people said maybe they, maybe not necessarily fair to Firmino, strangely enough, um, saying it's about a lack of evidence or something. Like, yeah, 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 no, yeah. I thought that wrong. was a bit of a strange one. Yeah. But speaking as an Everton fan and supporter, I thought um, the 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 wording around Mason was was um, pretty pretty clear and, and fair. And I think it was apart from those words around Firmino, I think it was fair to Firmino, and I think they've handled it pretty well, perfectly. Um, the sad thing, as we all know, people then start saying, "Well, hang on a minute, Mason's made an accusation. What's you know, what's yeah. he, you know, what's that's that's a damaging thing for me." Mm. Um, but that will always happen. But uh, um, I would say ten on ten for the FA on that. I mean, they certainly couldn't be uh, accused of not going to any depth. They took statements from twelve players and officials from both teams, a match referee, a fourth official, and they also consulted uh, Brazilian and Portuguese linguistic specialists and Portuguese-speaking lip reading experts. Yeah, who'd have thought we'd ever say Portuguese lip reading experts in the podcast? When well, Marco Silva becomes the new manager of football club, maybe we'll have to. But uh, yeah, that's a really interesting uh, podcast again, and uh, we look forward to uh, he- uh, you joining us again next week when hopefully we'll be dissecting and sifting through a first away win since December and a second away win since <laughs> last January. Last January. January. Last January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go in hope rather than expectation. But thanks very much for listening and uh, stay with The Echo for all the best news and analysis on the Blues. Thanks very much.